All right, guys, and welcome to the 36th episode of Below the Bar. In this episode, I expect to find out what Americans think of British culture, why we had to abandon the Austin Half Marathon, and how US supermarkets are part of a government conspiracy to keep the nation obese. Let's get into it. What's happening, guys? Before we get into the episode, we want to help you out. In case you didn't know, when we're not gobbing off in Eddie's bar, we're actually online coaches. We are indeed. And as a former Royal Marines commando, Harry spends his time helping people physically prepare for life in the military. And I can guarantee he'll get you through any arduous course you can throw at him. Isn't that right, Chef? Bang on, Rex. And if you're tired of looking and feeling like shit, then let Eddie help you take back control of your life. He used to be a fat sack, and now he looks like a Greek god. That could be you if you want to transform how you look perform and feel then get in contact with us the link will be in the description hello and welcome back to the podcast it is sunday Sunday afternoon and i have no energy yeah eddie's social battery is depleted today uh we're recording at quarter to five on a sunday afternoon so um eddie's pretty low energy at the moment i've checked out (laughs) yeah it's good because we just started recording emotionally and physically. Yeah, so uh, to give context to that, I'm slightly extroverted. Eddie's slightly introverted. Well, slightly. the regular regular <laughs> listeners will know that I'm extremely introverted. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is you go through the day and you you have more interactions and conversations, particularly in America. Reference our last episode with uh, how kind of overfacing they can be. With every interaction, Eddie's battery is going down and down and down, almost like your phone if you continue to watch Netflix. Um, whereas the opposite really happens for me, and I start to get more energy That's as the day goes that on. you get charged from talking to people. It depends on the person, generally. But yeah, it does happen. I don't know. It's, um, I don't, it's, it's not very productive, though, actually, because you, the more people you speak to then throughout the day, the more energy, your energy rises rather than taper off at the, start, at the end of the day. Yeah, and you so have to switch off. That's what I mean. So, like, you're at your peak when you should be getting ready to go to sleep. Which is mental, yeah. Yeah. I do have energy in the morning. I'm just, I need, I definitely do require caffeine. Not I don't require it, but, like, I notice if I don't have it. So, here we have fucking, look at this, dripping about this fucking amazing place we've got. But anyway, <coughs> um, we have a coffee machine here, but the caffeine in the coffee machine, I think, is just null and void. Well, for some reason, caffeine is not really registering with me in America. I don't know why. Even the ca- coffee's out? Yeah. Really? Not, not getting anything. I don't know why cocaine. that is. Maybe I am depressed. Maybe. Yeah, that's good. We've <laughs> discovered that in the first <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> Just don't feel anything. Yeah, don't feel anything in terms of an uptick in energy. Do you not feel any up, up, upward inflection? Not really, because I've had two like proper coffees today. That's know. true, yeah. I mean, well, like we said earlier in the week it doesn't actually make you more energetic it stops you being tired so it shouldn't fucking knackered well I guess so maybe it's um, it's obviously not doing its job fully I don't know maybe you need a fucking a stimulant break but you don't have that much no but that's the thing it's not like I'm a mental caffeine addict Mm. a lot at home I normally just drink instant coffee unless we go out for one it's weird because I definitely like like I say if I don't have like normally on Sundays we've done different stuff today so it's been not been the case. Normally on Sundays I won't have one or I'll have like one a bit later in the day. <coughs> I can definitely notice the difference mm. with like my energy levels on a Sunday versus the rest of the week when I'm actually caffeinated. And training sessions are definitely worse if I'm if I haven't had caffeine. That's probably placebo, but I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is about America. The general state of... Sorry to go into one of many pre-prepared rants on this podcast. They'll be coming thick and fast. He scripted all these, didn't he? Uh, American coffee culture, or at least Austin coffee culture, is a bit shit. Yeah. Which is <laughs> weird. Because, well, I don't know, actually. I don't know whether that is fair, because it's certainly not as prevalent as it is in Europe or in Great Britain, but... Or in Australia, for example. What's the excuse? Is he supposedly... But yeah, this is what I mean, so I think... supposedly the best country in the world. Spoiler alert, it's not. So, I think places like... For people who haven't been to Austin, right now, well, places like that South Congress Street, which is like a pretty hippie, hipster street, that has some decent coffee shops on it. It's just about finding the the, the good places versus like... You know, in you can walk because you can walk around places in like London and that kind of place that you're gonna find more. Yeah. But things are so spread out here that you, you know you have to kind of know where you're going. Um. So as we as we're here for longer, I think we'll find more regular spots. Like we've we found out only like seven days in that we've got a coffee shop that's very decent, about five minutes drive away. Um, yeah, that's deceiving though, because in five minutes on certain UK roads, you could get about half a mile. It it is still about three miles away. Yeah, but it makes no difference, yeah. does it? Because <laughs> you can still get no, there. No, but it's still like, it's you can't not walk that close. There, but you can, you can still get there. Well, it's close in, in American in, terms. Yeah, in American terms. Anyway, we've gone straight in. Um, we're going to get into the segments to give it some some punctuation. Um, so, Helmet of the Week. Yeah, so Helmet of the Week and the other segments this week are all going to be kind of Austin-related. We're basically going to do another review episode, apparently for not... Apologise for not uh, caveating that at the start yeah so uh, it's going to be kind of a weekly review again to bring you up to speed on what we've been doing this week in Austin yeah um, you were going to interview me but I kiboshed that yeah that's, so that's, that's not happening as so we said at the start of the podcast Eddie's got no social battery so if, that wouldn't if, have been great yeah if you were looking forward to that then uh, well tough yeah so next <laughs> week next week will be an interview episode with Ed um, and the week after will be another guest episode so Look forward to those yeah, two. If you can put up with our bitter ramblings today, then there's a carrot waiting for you at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. So, Helmet of the Week, you can intro. Helmet of the Week. Uh, where to even start with <laughs> this absolute clusterfuck that I had to bear witness to? This morning, this is... So this morning we went and did a 10k, our first kind of organised race experience in the States. It was called the Bigfoot 10k. It was in the suburbs of Austin. It was pretty low key. It was yeah. about 100 entrants. Yeah, but it was marketed as a forest run, first of all, which is fucking... Yeah, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But the real transgression here was the fact that we had to stomach the American National Anthem before we started the race. Amongst Americans, I should know. Amongst Americans, right. Imagine if you sign up for a park run in the UK and the hat who organised it suddenly started blaring God, God save the king. God save the king before you fucking it just set up. It doesn't happen, does it? No. Every every single organised event though, the national anthem play is played here. It that is meant but unpack that why? It's just national pride. Everyone has mental national It's, it's, like, it's weird. just a blind patriotism. Well, it? It's, it's almost yeah. like they don't know why they're doing it. It's just because they always do it, they do it. Yeah, that is literally what it is. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that was a little bit jarring in in and of itself, standing there and having to listen to that. Um, however, it was the manner in which it was executed that was really quite cringe, wasn't it? Yeah, and there was certain individuals, <laughs> certain transgressors, <laughs> um, that did, 
you know, did really go for it, which was well. There's certain level. There's certain levels of cringe, wasn't there? So just the mere fact that we had to listen to it was like the base layer of cringe. And then, like one one rung up from that was the people who had their hand on their chest, which was actually everyone apart from which us. Which was most people. Yeah, we were pointing and laughing, but that, that's we'll, that's we'll get expected. into that as well. Yeah. Uh, the worst people, kind of like the kind of the top fuck, of the pyramid, if the you top, Yeah, the top of the pyramid were people who were jet civvies. By the way, I should say yeah, this: yeah, non-military yeah. personnel who were saluting during the national anthem in in civilian attire as well, which makes no <laughs> logical sense. One woman, right, actually left the rest of the crowd to find high ground from which to salute. Yeah, from. to seek out some high ground, <laughs> uh, salute in the direction of. The, the speaker that was playing the, the national anthem almost like the president himself was setting us off on the fucking 10k which spoiler he wasn't um but like so so me and eddie's role in all of this was um basically just like giggling and then pointing at fucking people who were taking it super seriously and laughing at them so people who were behind us and around us would just fucking thread us because this race was quite low-key and like more into the suburbs it was kind of local people, so we were the only Brits there and the only kind of non-local, so to speak. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. So, so we, Which added to it because we stuck out like a sore thumb then, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I mean, like I said, we were just fucking taking the piss. So, yeah, that was our helmet of the week. We just, um, we stumbled across that this morning. People who are... Well, it's um, not, again, it's not... So, like, last week's helmet of the week was uh, our mate Joshua Jesus. Yeah, it hasn't been as prevalent this week, has it? No, he's fucking wrapped his chebs in, hasn't he? That's another story. Uh, and again, these people aren't necessarily malicious. Oh, no. But, 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 but it, is, it is helmet behaviour. Well, yeah, I mean, it's there's, there's again, talking about the rungs, there's there's levels to helmet behaviour, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. You've got, you've got, obviously, major transgressors <laughs> that we've covered in the past, you know, that, that missell stuff on the internet, or like, for like fascists, like Nick Griffin. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Uh, so. And then you've got people who just kind of blindly salute when their national anthem's played. Yeah, there's no holds barred here. Anyone could be helmet of the week. Anyone, no one's safe. Careful, listeners, because I mean it could be you next week. Um, right, cool. So again, that's helmet of the week, and we covered a little bit around the 10k. But we'll get into that further. Do you want to go straight into that, or do you want to go chronological? No, yeah, no, 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 no. We'll we'll square away the 10k, and I think we'll work backwards through the week. Okay, I was thinking, I think that's a good idea. So yeah, so this morning, um, obviously saying we're recording it on a Sunday afternoon, so Sunday morning, um, we did sign up for a race. So. Full disclosure, we were going to do the Austin half marathon. Yeah, we had every intention of doing a half marathon. If if anyone remembers us saying we were going to do the Austin half, we didn't bottle it. It was a financial decision. Insane. Right, so... <laughs> um, do you want to jimmy that? So, like, um, normal race, like races in the UK, so half marathons, are about 45 quid to sign up for. And that's, like, top end as well. That's, that's not really... Uh, apart from, like, London half or whatever. But, like... Normal races, like residential, they'd be about 40, 45 quid. The Austin Half Marathon was 209 US dollars, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's over five times more expensive. Yeah, and we've spoken well, to Americans about this as well, and they, they didn't even, like, they didn't even blink. Like, no? that's the going rate, apparently. Like, so we were talking to someone after the race, Ed was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it was fucking like $200, how mental. And this, but this woman didn't even blink. No, like she's completely like, and, just and your issue is dead pants. She was like, "Yeah, I know, and that's normal." But like, I, I, we said last week how expensive everything is. The the admission fee for races is fucking ridiculous. It's meant so like this ten k was forty dollars, and we thought, "Oh, that's pretty good for a ten k." When we actually unpack the kind of the effort and the general lack of administration that oh. went into organising it, you can see why. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. The um, 
was talking to the, the girl in the sauna today, and she was saying the Austin. There's another marathon. So this is the 3M one. There's another marathon. Or the Austin full marathon, right? The marathon, marathon weekend in Austin. Is in February. Is in it? February. So there's a, ten, there's a 10K, a 5K, and a half, I think. She was saying that 5K, what is she saying now? It's like $130. Oh, my God. Make Break the 5K. Break so she down. actually said, she said per mile, you're spending like fucking $30, $40. That's meant. Per mile. And the thing is, right, because Austin's so big, like along that 5k route you won't see fuck all no you won't no well I think the half or the marathon would be pretty sick you'd have to do the marathon to see any of the city well because it's quite a picturesque city and there's decent running routes so I imagine it's pretty cool but not $200 cool for us so we couldn't justify that so we signed up for this 10k this 10k like Eddie said was $40 which is wild um, well let, let's let's do the 10k chronologically so we've arrived we've witnessed yes. and experienced the national anthem yep then the bloke on the public address system slash tannoy announces the course route, which oh. we weren't aware of. Right. So, so again, it, so, <laughs> so again, this was marketed as a forest 10k, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, like Eddie said, announces the course route. So he's like, okay, so it's an out and back course. Immediately when we hear that, we're like, fuck's sake, really an out and back course? That's that's immediately like the race organisers just wrap their tits in there. Yeah. If, if you're a runner and you do a lot of events and races, you'll know that out and back courses are the worst mentally. Shit, yeah. Um, however, he then went on because there was a 10K and a 5K running at the same time. Um, so we were like, okay, well, the, you know, the 5K will be two and a half out and back. Uh, the 10k will be five out and back easy no 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 no. the fucking 10k was two and a half out two and a half back two and a half out and two and a half back so you end up seeing the same thing fucking four times so you do the 5k route twice and you almost cross the finish line twice <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> which is they absolutely just, they, short, they stop you marginally short just so that you don't have to do the finish line twice yeah so our intention was to do this super slow super chill 10k because we were going into a 5k afterwards as a bit of like a long run for a Sunday. Um, however, because the route was so jarring and so boring, we actually ended up doing it at kind of like 70% effort. Just, that, just, just trying to get, get it, it over with. Just trying to get it over. And I just wanted with. it to end. I was like, fucking hell, this is so soul destroying. And it wasn't even like the actual out and back course was anywhere near engaging or in- interesting. It's, it's, it was just fucking get- down a road for genuinely down with the same road for two and a half K back on the same road for two and a half K and then back again it no, was but, but again if we, if we unpack it more again it just adds to that it makes no sense so like the address that they send you to to park is a park and it's got a nice lake with like a little 5k loop around it because we did the 5k loop afterwards right they run you out of that park onto a really fucking mundane suburban American road not and even the, like suburban it's it's like a fucking dual carriage. It's just it's just their equivalent of like a copy and paste British housing estate, basically. Yeah. You know the type. Like, there's nothing to see. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing going on. There's no sights. It's out and back. And, yeah, and we exactly. saw that route four times. Yeah. So I can probably describe it quite well. But <laughs> the uh, but like Eddie said, we left a picturesque park to do that fucking boring route. And the most jarring thing was, like you said, there's. That loop around the lake was about 5k or it was like 4.5 or whatever. So what they could have done pretty feasibly was just done two laps of that for the 10k and one lap for the five. And it was flat. It was like, again, in nature. It was like picturesque. 
it fit more with the big big four thing. So basically, what the race organizers have done, or I don't know, it seems to be American culture. Just like it's just this general kind of like American attitude. So like, there's lazy. A, there's that. a We're big advocates of critical thinking on this podcast. Yeah. What I found with Americans in general is a distinct lack of critical thinking. It's like going through the motions, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah. like doing it because you've always done it or yeah. taking the easy, whatever. But like, it's so lazy that as a weight race organizer, that is cr- like, okay, how can we make this as low effort for us as possible? Let's just have some people at the fucking start, some people two and a half K away, and we'll just make people do relays of that. Sweet, yes, job done. But then again, like, so if you go and do a race in the UK or whatever, it will be kind of, it will be marshalled by volunteers it's all kind of like like people associated with run clubs and stuff why did we have a police like a heavy police presence yeah so true we had police at the end of every road making sure that I don't know some kind of rogue vigilante driver wasn't trying to mow us down yeah yeah. four four different police vehicles along this route which by the way was all on pavement yeah and there's one that's that's like one for every 25 participants yeah yeah it's ridiculous (laughs) um so yeah, that was that was un- unreal. So again, chronological. So um, we we do the fucking out and back route. We were like again trying to push a little bit at the end because just wanted to get something out of it because it wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. Um, psychologically. So again, we ca- crossed the line in like forty-seven and forty-eight minutes respectively. Um, and then we go and get our medals and that. We're just like about to go for, go to the car and crack on with this five k extra. And they go, oh, um, Eddie, and they were like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, second place. Here we go. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh. uh, and, then, and then we're like, oh, is that? Yeah, Harry. Okay, f- first place. <laughs> so I was like, what? Yeah, so, we, ac- so right. we accidentally won the race. Yeah. How the fuck do you win that? That was mental. Because like, so in, in again, in the UK, if like a, you put on a 10K, the winners will be like 38, they'll, 39 Yeah, minutes. there'll be local racing snakes. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know what happened there. That's really strange. So the thing, so we were none the wiser to this. It was like, oh well, how do you accidentally win a race? Because there's a five k going on at the same time, you completely lose track of where people are at. Like, because yeah. the bibs didn't, and because it's out and back, because the bibs didn't distinguish which race you were doing. You yeah, had no yeah, yeah. idea. So it's, it's not like, like a first past the post. So not a, it's not like a loop route where like you know where you stand because people are constantly coming back on each other. You don't yeah. know whether people are on their second lap, their first lap. Whether so they're running the five k, the ten k, so, yeah. It's a, it's so we had no idea that was the, that we were in that that position. Uh, but anyway, it's a nice little surprise that we uh, we <laughs> we fucking won the age group or whatever. Um, and that was about sixty five percent effort. Uh, and then we again set off on this little bimble five k. But the um the uh, the funny thing is, if we take it back, we and if you, any of you remember, we um did the real half marathon. Which we also dripped about after doing it. Yeah. Um, which just, is, which justifiably is by, dripped about. Yeah, which is by the fucking. Is it Wales, isn't it? By the yeah. Welsh seaside, basically. It's a little seaside town. It's a bit of a shithole. But it was a half marathon, and it was like, what, 7K out, and then like 10K back, and then another fucking whatever. It was out and back, but it was like relays, but at least they changed the route a little bit. There on, was just. Yeah, there was a slight kind of variation Deviation. in the route. It wasn't entirely out and back, but it kind of was. Yeah, it was just like basically shuttles of the fucking yeah. seafront anyway which was soul destroying yeah anyway we said we'd probably never run a more <laughs> kind of soul destroying race than that well hold my beer yeah yeah austin yeah. bigfoot 10k shocking yeah so i mean we won which was which true. was like the ice were kind of like a consolation prize true it was, it was good it was it was a good crack because we managed to build it into like a 15k <laughs> run which it, you, you fully sent it for the last 100 meters 
And as, I, as always. And like, obviously, because we didn't know, we were actually vying for first place. I just laughed at you and called you a hat. Yeah. Because I was like, why are, you, why are you sending a fucking... Well, I'll tell you shit, why. A shit park run. It was because a bloke in front of me had done like a 40-minute 5K. <laughs> so he, was yeah. on, he was on the 5K. And then the last 100 metres decided to kick. And I was like, whoa, yeah. we're not beating me here, mate. It was a um, great decision, though, because it, it, it actually meant that you won. Yeah, I know, exactly, yeah. Mad. Um, I wish imagine, if, more if, imagine if we'd just crossed the line together like we like we would have done otherwise, because yeah. then it would have been like a photo finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't that. think there was a fucking photo finish, guy. I'd like to share that fucking little pin badge that you got. <laughs> half and half, saw it in half. Um, so, yeah, that was slightly jarring, to be honest. But it was, like, like say, it was quite good. And actually, the, the take-home I'll give to the listeners... Yeah. is if you have got a long run programmed in to your fucking um, you know program it's normally Saturday Sunday whatever so if you have the finances and if you are struggling for motivation mm. sign yourself up for a race that's like a part of that uh, that distance so 10k is a fucking every week so you can get um, you get a 10k booked in and basically if it's like an 18k or a 15k whatever which 15k for us today use that first 10k as part of your long run because then that fucking nine miles today didn't feel like nine miles at all no i think people get a bit stressed out because they normally try and align the exact distance with the run that they've got programmed yeah. so like if yeah. they've got like a i don't know a half programmed in they'll try and find a half to run yeah but like what we're trying to say is actually just sign up, even if it's just a fucking five k. Yeah, just it build just it. It breaks in. up a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because all you're looking for on those long runs is time on your feet, so you're still achieving the same goal. You're just making it a bit more interesting, and that goes for actually any, <coughs> anything. You don't have to sign up for a race potentially, but like you know, if you've got 90 minutes of zone two programmed in, that's boring as fuck. So go and climb Snowden or something. And do you know? Yeah, just do that. Because <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's all time on feet, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, mate. So uh, that's the, the take-home message. Anyway, so if we wor- work backwards now, next. <laughs> well, what did we do? The, the Was that the night out? Night out. Are we on the night out, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I'll let you take the lead on this one because you were the main perpetrator. The main perpetrator. Yeah, so we, we well, did... Um, sober. True, Eddie's doing dry jam. So Eddie was the designated driver. Uh, we went to Pokey Joe's on the way. That was actually good. We could a little. Was that the, was that all in the same night? Yeah, that's mental. Yes, yeah, so we went to Pokey Joe's, which none of you will know what it is no, unless good. you've been to America. Uh, so it's basically we, if you know what Terry Blacks is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you if you don't know what that is, listen to last week's episode. Then work you work yourself forward. <laughs> it's basically a barbecue joint, isn't it? They're ten a penny. In yeah, so it's similar kind of idea. So. You walk in, it's like a diner, sort of um, like a school canteen kind of vibe. As so you get a tray, and they go along and give you like random like bits of meat, and then fucking whatever. Um, Terry Blacks is like insanely expensive because of how you know iconic it kind of is. It's just marketing, and basically, exactly, yeah, because it's because like, it's marketed as the best barbecue ever. So it's pretty expensive. You don't get much for for what you pay. We were told on the back of that information, if you do want more for what you get, more for what you pay. Um, then go to Pokey Joe's so we did and I was very pleasantly surprised quality wise it was exactly the same pretty it much was the no same, worse yeah. and you basically get like it's about double you basically get double the amount of food for yeah. half so that price, was that was good and, it, and the staff and he's give the staff a shout out actually the staff <laughs> is very very friendly because they're definitely in, uh, listening in Pokey, Pokey Joe's <laughs> yeah they are um, so that was before the night out so then we went to um, just this like strip, I guess. It's it's like the um, rainy street. It's called yeah. It's like the strip of bars in 
in so, uh, right, and yeah, we, again, we need to fucking contextualise this because when we say strip, people in the UK will think of like fucking the Napa strip. Oh, yeah, or like tr- the true, Mag- true, Or like true. the Zanti strip. It's nothing like that. It couldn't actually, sh- couldn't actually be further it from It couldn't that. actually be further. It couldn't be more tame than that if you tried. It is mad. So we started, as you would, at the start of the fucking strip and then just basically pepper-potted our way up the fucking uh, street going into different bars. There was probably never a bar. This is Saturday night as well, right? Saturday night? Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. Um, so you'd still expect... It's just equally... You should expect it to be... This is like their busiest, if not second busiest night. That's what I mean. Week. So there, there was not a bar all night that was over 70% full. Yeah, and the the client the clientele as well. We covered this last week. Distinct lack of talent. There we go. Um, yeah, I've also discovered that mom and dad watched the podcast last week. That's which good. Is ideal. Holy cow! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. good. So, um, so yeah, that was that was actually quite jarring. And you were sober as well, so you got the full. I had a very picture. different experience. Well, I know we, initially we had the same experience because you were still sober, but the longer I stayed. True, and actually, to be honest, so the first bar we went into, right, we ordered two espresso martinis, myself and Jim, <laughs> and Eddie obviously had a water, but, <laughs> mate, wet. Americans don't know what a fucking espresso martini is. It was the most wild thing ever. It was about three quarters full for starters, which I can't get on board with. I don't know, about t- fucking tw- 12 quid. Yeah. Um, and it was, it looked like piss water. Yeah, so anyone of drinking age will probably know what an espresso martini should, should look, look like. like. Yeah. Obviously, drink responsibly. Uh, it's basically like, it's like, it's like the same kind of colour as a Guinness, isn't it? Really? Uh, yeah, exactly the same. It's the same. This, es- this, you know, quote unquote espresso martini looked like rusty tap water. It really did. It looked look like look someone like... had drank an espresso martini, got the squits, and then passed it. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> Um, with not too much digestive action going on. <laughs> no. Yeah. So that was weird. I mean, we had two of them. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah. It was basically. It was, so, it was so bad. I had two. It was basically um, really strong, really sweet, and like a faint taste of kind of coffee liqueur. Basically, is what I can describe as. But because it was so strong, we had two of them. I was feeling it after that, and so I was quite benevolent after the um, the initial espresso martini in the initial bar, and then we moved on to this next place. This next place. Had a fucking slide in the bar. Yeah, that was quite a good bar, actually. I was watching the basketball, so I was happy. Yeah, you were... You, you had a slide to keep you occupied. Well, that's it, There's, yeah. there's levels to this. Yeah, true. We met Dewey. D- Dewey? Oh, he could have actually been Helmet of the Week. Oh, yeah, he would have he been could. a good shout. Well, we can pencil him in. We can... <laughs> Don't yeah. worry. We'll meet another Helmet before next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, we met this group of guys who were like archetypal, stereotypical... US finance bros, weren't they? Oh, 100%. No yeah. fashion sense, no chat. Rece- Absolutely no chat. Receding hairlines, pesting birds. Yeah, so we basically observed them pesting this group, or this t- it's a pair of girls. And um, the first initial contact this bloke <laughs> made, right, he went up and um, he went basically behind them, said hello. And then they were like, oh, come around, sit, sit over there, sit opposite them. So they, he then walked around the table, sat down, and immediately pushed both of their drinks all over the. <laughs> So, yeah. in terms of a first impression, not ideal. Yeah, he, he was at that kind of l- level of inebriation where you, lo- you start to lose your motor skills. Yeah, which isn't ideal when you're talking to girls. No, yeah, so he literally so threw... So you do soak them in the first five seconds <laughs> in the wrong but way. Again, this is where the difference, the differences in cultures <laughs> are like so apparent. Because if that happened in the UK, he would have either, you know... Uh, yeah, Best case scenario for him would have got swilled himself. Worst case scenario would have got glassed. 
Yeah, they just laughed it off. They laughed it off and continued to talk to him for about an hour. Yeah, and the rest. And his mates. They like entertained him for ages and then they just fucked off. It was great. Yeah. And um, that was mental. I couldn't get on board with that. They, like, no, because again, br- like British girls would just tell you to fuck off. Yeah. These lechy blokes. Like, so there was like six blokes and two birds. And yeah. they actually had them surrounded was, at yeah. one point. It was like pincer formation. <laughs> they were left flanking at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, <laughs> that, that's a very distinct difference, actually. The. Um, the response from those two to, but, to women. But to be fair, that bar was actually pretty good. It was pretty good. It was getting decently busy. Playing some all right tunes because they, they actually had a tunes. DJ. But yeah. then I'd, I'd say after that, I was kind of indifferent to everywhere that we went. The next place was Gash. Really Gash. Wasn't it? We like take fucking our from... mate, fucking Annie Mac on the deck. That was shit. Playing absolutely shit like early noughties R&B. Yeah, so that was terrible. The, again, the clientele was a lot older. It was like 45 plus, I would probably say. Um, generally. And so... Stayed there for a little bit. But again, that wasn't over 60% full, ever. No. Was it? And, no, so, and again, it's full of old people. Where are all the young Where people? are the youngies? Sean, <laughs> <laughs> clip that up out of context, please. Where are the fucking 20-somethings? <laughs> um, anyway, so then we went to the final place we were in, so we, we, we stayed in for ages. Um, and where, that was... That's where I departed. Yeah. We were there for like an hour before you went, though, weren't we? Yeah, um, I mean, again... We were just chilling. That was all right. Like, aesthetically... That was like quite quite cool. A cool bar. I don't remember thinking much of the music, and again, the people in there were just a bit fucking like, just like, who are you? Do you know what I mean? Who are you? Like, well, to we quote actually Nigel, were followed by to the co- same. To quote Nigel Farage, nobody in Europe had ever heard well, of literally. it. Literally, yeah. Um, they were followed by the same group of guys actually from the f- second place we were in, eventually, and they latched themselves onto three other girls who were also not. Uh, not reacting well and basically what we found out <coughs> after because we were talking to the, the girls afterwards was these blokes were effectively married and uh oh. it was one of them was married one of them was like Ooh. i don't know fucking what's the word engaged Fiat. engaged that's one <laughs> um <laughs> i couldn't think of it so, um, so yeah that, that's a bit fucking jacking it that didn't surprise me though. they were the type of bloke they just they just oozed seediness didn't they correct yeah they did so uh, me, so Eddie left. He was our lift, <laughs> and um, yeah. So so then, so then we we had to get an Uber back, and our Uber back actually, if we just fast forward to it in the night, was fucking awesome. The guy was mega sound. We got in the Uber, and he had two TVs on the back of the um, the seats, and we were watching the Goonies on the way back. That's mental. It's probably one of the best Ubers back from night out I've had. Yeah, mind you, there was no volume though, was there? No. True. Bit of, a quite flaw, bit of a flaw in his plan there. Yeah, I mean, he's tried, hasn't he? I mean, unless he break. puts on, like, old silent movies. Unless he's, like, a Charlie Chaplin fan. He's going to be a bit unstuck there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, he, uh, I mean, he's, the effort was there, which I quite quite rated. So Yeah. So, yeah, that was the night out. Again, to go back again another evening. Um, that's Thursday. That was Thursday. What happened Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Thursday, I went on a date. You did? Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, we went to a... Uh, oh, I didn't. Comedy yeah. club. Which was actually pretty shit. The, um, but this is right. The date was all right. But it, no, yeah, but this is the thing. So, like, you've set yourself oh, so unrealistic bad, yeah. expectations of American comedy now because you will not find a better comedy bill than the one that we went to at the Mothership. In you the just first gotta ex- week. You've got to reach acceptance on that. No, I have. To I, quote I, Gareth I, I, was th- I, was, I was at least wanting it to be like, you know, 70% as good though. And it wasn't. Shock. So we went for a drink first and then we went into the creek and the cave. 
which I think, to be fair, I thought it, so it was a Thursday night, so it wasn't like um, a big comedy thing. So I think it was just like an open mic thing. Not an open mic, but like it, it was like lower um, known comics. Mm. And it wasn't horrendous. I mean, there was one guy who was pretty shite, which is just funny because you're just chatting back and forth and that's, that's all right. Um, the audience was questionable at best. And then there was like two or three comics that were actually pretty good. We so need, it wasn't terrible. We need to address this propensity for comedy audiences in the States to whoop and holler. Well, that's very just inside the culture, isn't it? To whoop and holler at lots of things. I but mean, like, if people order a beef rib, they fucking go mental. But, it's, but again, this is like, it's a good example of Americans just going through the motions and not really thinking about what they're actually doing. So we were watching the Jim Jeffries yeah. gun control clip yeah. on YouTube last night because Jim, our housemate, hadn't seen it. And at one point, Jim Jeffries is arguing that after Sandy Hook, the US government suggested that they take away the bigger guns. And the US public said, fuck you, don't take my guns. To which point, a large proportion of the audience did whoop and holler. Which makes no sense as well. Because you're basically there whooping and hollering the fact that a lot, of ch- a lot of children were murdered. Yeah, and your reaction was stupid. It makes no sense. I know, and they're so dumb yeah that audience well I mean in fairness I'm I'm being unfair in, when I say the audience I mean a specific like group of the audience who were sat right at the front who probably stink the gaff out every fucking night yeah. and um, and, you know they expect them there but like but it's, like, it's, it's like just a bit jarring because it just ruins your fucking a, li- a little bit ruins your experience but it's like it's like they're so surprised it's like they want people to know they understand what the comic's talking about. Correct. You yeah, know, when you mention it, yeah. something like, I don't know, say so he's talking about school. They're like, yeah. I, I went to school. I went to a school. I know what that is. Yeah, exactly. That's so yeah, true. Right. We, that's why he's talking about it, because it's relatable for everyone here, mate. We don't, yeah. I don't we, need, we've skipped a step I don't, need, <laughs> don't think you're a part of this. <laughs> I don't need your confirmation that you went to school. Yeah, and that's actually why the Rogan Club was so good, because it says... Exclusively on the way in, no, no fucking heckling. Yeah, basically, shut the so fuck just up. Just get the fu- let the fucking <laughs> comics get on with what they want to yeah. do because they're the fucking prize here. Shut the fuck up, or you will get kicked out by Joe Rogan. Yeah, he will arm by you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so that was that was the day. It went alright. It was pretty good, apart from the comedy being fairly fairly gas. Actually, it was quite a good like um, reconnaissance exercise for kind of like getting to grips with what growing up in texas is like so obviously we've we've spoke to like people but never obviously that's one-on-one and for a prolonged period of time you got prolonged exposure to one individual didn't you so yeah exactly you can kind of delve in a little case study that you developed there yeah it's good um it's quite interesting just hearing about their education system like how fucking how much they spend on education in terms of further education is wild um but yeah, it was, it, that was that ooh, was interesting. Oh, we've missed something. We've missed something. We need to track. We need to track back. Speaking of education system, it reminded me of our. Mate, oh yeah, yeah. In, okay. in and Out Burger. Yeah, so we we had our first In and Out Burger experience. So it, yeah, so if your date was like your for, your first case study, true, yeah, of like a Texan. Our second case study actually came last night when we went to In and Out Burger, and the guy, well, the two guys that were sat in the booth behind us, turned round towards the end of our meal mm. and kind of like started picking our brains because. They'd never met a Brit before, so they wanted our opinion of America, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and where do you want to start with this in certain individual? Yeah, so it was it was actually quite um, a surreal exchange. Because they, were lo- they were lovely. They were really, really friendly. Yeah, they were super nice. So basically, they just um, 
collared us because they hadn't, like Eddie said, hadn't met a Brit before, hadn't been to Britain, haven't left America. And um, they were just asking some really crazy questions. But like, so they were asking questions that if you asked someone in, if, if two Brits were having a conversation and you asked the person in the UK, it would perceive to be like sarcastic. Yeah, but, that's but the like, level of ignorance. Yeah, we're that is about. the level of ignorance we're talking about. But they were asking them completely, like earnestly and sincerely. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the one of the highlights for me was um, <laughs> the guy asked because obviously we said we were from Birmingham and we said that's where the Peaky Blinders was filmed and, and shot. And he's like, oh, okay, so is that uh, an accurate representation of what it's like over there? Right, so it's a period drama set in the 1920s and 30s about a, fi- a fictional gangster and his criminal family. Yeah, exactly the same. Exactly the it's same. It's like for like, mate. Yeah. It's actually about me. Yeah, yeah. Billy Kimber lives down my street. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was meant. And yeah, so for context, this guy hadn't actually left the States before, had he? No, so he grew, grew up in Indiana and um and came down to Austin that was it that was him and he, he was at like like the university the catholic university local one and I, speaks I felt bad for him in a way because he genuinely was interested in it didn't interested really f- and he was like super friendly super nice fairly you know um au fait with kind of social interaction which is and, cool and also the other thing that I did admire him for is a lot of the americans that we've spoken to have basically engaged us in conversation because they a want to talk about how amazing they are or B, want to talk about how amazing America is. Yeah, but that he, was a disconnect. He genuinely came from a place of curiosity, and he just wanted our honest opinion. Yeah, yeah, and, and we gave it him. And we, and fair. I think he respected us for that as well. Yeah, that's true. So we, we were asked again, like, uh, um, we said, "What do you think about America?" Was kind of his first question, um, and we were we just answered honestly that it, it is a bit like a third world co- country with amazing PR that tells everyone it's, be- it's the best country. Yeah, um, Jim's on the money when he says that. That's yeah. like the perfect articulation of America, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because, well, there's, it's just a disparity, isn't it? And we can like, get the, into like the world's biggest economy can't have such a prevalent, like, homelessness issue. Drug issue. Like, or, opioid crisis. Like, the, the, the wealth disparity is mental. Like, how can you say you're the best country in the world? when there's basically, like, no civil society. Well, so he, he, Everyone's just out for themselves. Exactly, well, he nailed that, didn't he? Yeah. He was like, yeah, well, we, we actually were talking to him about the homelessness epidemic, and he was like, yeah, well, you know, you don't really worry about anyone else here. Yeah. It's like, Cause, what? Because I'm sound, so. I can fucking tell that. Yeah, yeah I can tell, mate. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Because people need a hand. <laughs> like, you can't just go through life being an individual can you because that's not how things work and then we started talking about our welfare state and that fucking blew, blew his, that fucking blew his that. mind the idea that like the you government wander the government might look office. after you if you're going through a hard time that was fucking lost on him wasn't yeah. it yeah I mean the idea that you pay taxes for something <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like it's meant, it's meant to, where, well, the, the, ta- I- the, idea where that the taxes go in the idea that your taxes might actually go towards like health or education and not just like Lockheed Martin you know what I mean? Or 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 the mili- or defence. Well, that's what I mean. This is fucking well, that's their defense entire, manufacturers. Isn't their, it? In, their entire budget basically goes on defence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was really taken aback when we were talking about the the um, health care system in the in the UK. But it was an interesting conversation, though, because like I think that's probably like the first kind of like proper Texas Texan that we've spoken to. Yeah. Because everyone that we kind of interact with at the gym and stuff normally aren't actually from Austin. No, a lot of them are. Uh, it's like a melt- melting pot of cultures, isn't it, really? Yeah. Especially the gym, because everyone's like, 
well off enough to go to that gym. Yeah, so basically they're from elsewhere. They're elected to come to Austin. Yeah, they're from elsewhere in the States and they've moved to Austin, so they're a bit more cultured, they're a bit more travelled. But this guy was like... Born and raised. Very insular, which I think is quite representative of most Americans. 80% of Americans don't have a passport. Yeah, which is what... Think about that from a European standpoint. Like, Imagine not having a passport. It's not not even a question, is it? Yeah. Lots but because you can do so much internal travelling in in this in the states, you don't even need one. Yeah, and and ba- just to jump through basic like hoops as a, as a citizen, you need a passport as ID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's mental. So like that was pretty wild. And we're talking to him about the education system or like you know earlier education in terms of like secondary school, and um, it was mental. He was like, you don't really learn history of any other place. Just learn, and in Texas, you learn history of Texas. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so there's no like, one else matters. Let's just talk, talk to you about the history of Texas, which actually is only fucking 200 years old. Remember yeah, that. this is the wild thing. So, like, you're learning about the history of America. The country's 250 years old. Yeah. Like, so for context, like, England, as, as like, a nation state, has existed uninvaded for around a 1,000 years. Well, the, the, Royal, the Royal Marines are older than America. Yeah, that's mental. That's ridiculous, isn't it? And so, uh, yeah, so I think um, that was just interesting to hear how... Because obviously we have speculation about how insular and kind of out of out of touch Americans are with, with in terms of their, like... That kind of brought it to light. Yeah, it, really? their education system. So it, it was kind of interesting. But yeah, the that fact was... that they have no unifying education system is mental as well. Yeah, they teach so, different things in different states. So that's like our education system before the national curriculum was brought in in like the late 80s so like when my parents first started teaching you could basically teach whatever you wanted to teach the kids from what it sounds like on a state to state basis that's what it's still here yeah so you could feasibly get school in California or school in Florida or school in Texas and get te- taught completely different things, which, which is, is kind of annoying. Which is a bit shit, really, if you think about it from a national perspective, because you're basically raising a load of different kids with completely different worldviews, completely different kind of like value systems, and then trying to have them align in a culture. Yeah, it's mental. It it's not work. really like a breeding ground for assimilation, that is it? No, and that's where the individualization comes in, probably. Yeah, um, but the, the idea that all you'd learn in history is like the fucking Alamo. Yeah, and, it, the and fo- how you kind of like, like deliberately wiped out the indigenous population over a, a period of about 150 years. What if they talk about Waco? <laughs> yeah, again, that, I bet it's so cherry. It's so white. It'll be so whitewashed and cherry picked as well. Yeah, it'll be all the best bits. None of the fuck ups. None of the fuck ups. They probably they probably tell them that the South won the Civil War. Yeah, there, <laughs> there was an equivalent to Waco that was like a bit of a well, a similar kind of FBI fuck up. And they use that as a success story to teach how to fucking handle hostage situations. Which one? I can't remember the name of it, but um, it was it was kind of a similar idea where there was like a, a hostage situation. But the um, the funniest thing this guy said was after he asked us about Peaky Blinders being representative representative of Birmingham, he then asked, "Is Harry Potter representative of England?" And to which Eddie responded, "Well, we're not wizards." Which was fucking brilliant. What ca- I just said it deadpan because I was like, mate, you can't be fucking serious here. It's a fucking fan. <laughs> he it's was. A f- it's a fantasy world about witches and wizards. Yeah. So in England, we all that, fly around on brooms. That just so happens you know, we have flying cars. It's mad. It just so happens to feature quite a lot of British actors. Yeah. 
How do you what do, what, what you, do you, you mean, mean by that fucking sentence? Like, honestly, I can't think. Like, what is the he only realistic about? thing about Harry Potter is fucking King's Cross Station. But that's not even realistic. He's got an extra fucking. Yeah, because he's got an imaginary platform. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's absolutely mental. Glenfinnan Viaduct as well. That's a real place. Yeah, but other than true. that, most of it, mate, is fucking made up. Yeah, or stolen from Tolkien. That's another <laughs> argument. And he was like, um, "Is uh, is Harry Potter big over there?" Nah, like, mate. Right again. So let's just unpack what he said there. It's the biggest it's, film franchise yeah, in yeah. the world. What you've done there, mate, is you've asked if the biggest film franchise in the world is big in the country where it was made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see the pitfall to your fucking question there. It's not ideal, you, is it? Yeah, you've a- you've answered your own question and you know that. Yeah, so anyway, that was an interesting back and forth. That was on, uh, that was last night, actually. Uh, uh, do you want to talk, talk about Jits? Yeah, I mean, you can do been, so. You've been wrestling men, haven't you? I've so been, yeah, I've been naked wrestling again. I know you're keen to talk about it. So yeah, so... Um, an opportunity. <laughs> so, Jiu-Jitsu in states well in austin in particular is huge so it's like probably one of the biggest sports here i guess outside of fucking pickleball um everyone seems to do it everyone in the sauna the half the conversation is about jiu-jitsu yeah which is insane um but it's also expensive we've learned oh mate it's ridiculous so i've been to now two jiu-jitsu gyms 10th planet and b team both of which to be fair are super high ranked in terms of like globally in terms of jiu-jitsu gyms um and we're we're very good sessions but the drop-in fee at b team was 50 dollars that's to drop in so that's an hour so like to break that down that's an hour session right yeah so that's 50 pounds an hour that's a lot of money it's a mad mad amount of money and then the monthly recurring membership at b team is 250 dollars a month which is fucking ridiculous um to give context to that in Wolverhampton, where I usually train, £79 a month is the membership. So we're looking at like, you know, 3x and the rest. And so that's a bit crazy. And then the cheaper, cheaper one in fucking, in, in 10th Planet is still $180 a month, which is mental. But the the sessions are really good. B team was fucking mental. Cause, so the, the session I did at um, 10th Planet was a bit tame. It was just like some techniques, did no rolling session I did at B team was sort of the opposite end of the spectrum so we did drills which is a little bit of like live stuff live practice basically and then in the last 25 minutes they just lined us up against the wall and had like five of their slightly more advanced people on their backs and basically had to try and pass their guard and stuff mate I'm not joking when I say I've probably lasted maximum about 20 seconds with these people and this is a white belt class before you tapped out or you came uh, both. both same time same time um, I passed out and came <laughs> um, so, so I, like it was it was wild so this is a white belt program so I'm, I'm, I went 6 till 7 o'clock at night is their white belt class so that's the lowest rung of the ladder basically yeah. that's the beginner class yeah so I was like okay cool I'll go to that I've only done it 6 weeks um, and I, I won't hopefully be overfaced. there's no way these people are white belts maybe they are but I don't know because I mean, I was I was getting caught in all sorts of fucking shit that I've never seen before in my life, um, and I just didn't know how to deal with it. And they didn't really teach. Obviously, they taught you. They were going through one thing in the class, which was like a specific passing of the guard. But I couldn't fucking use that on these people because all they were doing was like sweeping me and fucking submitting me every time. Yeah, that, you need to go, like if it is a beginning class, they like the teachers need to set some parameters there because if there are more advanced people, it's not fair 
on the less advanced people if they're pulling out mental shit. You're not really learning much. Because you, you're not learning much there. So like the, the quality of education is probably better in Wolverhampton if you're actually being demoed techniques and then going through them. Yeah, I would, I would agree, yeah. I mean, Obviously, you'd, you're kind of being exposed to more proficient players. Pla- <laughs> what, what are they called? <laughs> That's Jiu- what they call them. Jiu-jitsuers. Jiu-jitsu players, as they call them. Right, players, yeah. Um, so like the, I mean, <sighs> yeah, I mean, you're right, but there's there's a balance, I think. So that you need exposure, like you say, to advanced people because I think that does expand your thinking a little bit because you didn't even know this thing existed. Now you've got to figure yeah. out how to fucking defend it. Um, whereas if you're just w- rolling with white belts, you're only ever going to be exposed to a certain amount of things. But also, if I'm only lasting 15 seconds, 10 seconds, 5 seconds, there's no time for me to fucking iterate or time for me to do. So what you need is advanced people who let you play a bit. Who you know because they've got so much, yeah, hundred percent. So they like can just do things and and they, and they can let you do stuff. It's so good they can actually because they have they're so good they have a wrap on their actual skill level so they can dial it back for people. That's it, and that that's that's where you get really good training partners because they'll let you learn stuff and let you try things. But if you get too good, maybe they'll try catch you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they won't sh- just like immediately. If they, fuck if they you wanted up. to, they can turn it on and just shut you down. Well, that's it. But it's like because they're so good, they'll know. It's almost like they know the pitfalls that a beginner would make, so they can accommodate it. Yeah, and that's probably like blue belt or purple belt and above, which is which I think these guys were, I'd imagine. But again, B team, if you're not in the space, is like potentially the best gym in in the world. So it makes sense that even the blue belts, purple belts are fucking like insane. And what I found actually is because wrestling is yeah. such a mad sport here, like college wrestling maybe like 70-80% of the people I go how, how long have you been in jiu-jitsu before and th- these are white belts and it's like oh you know five or six months but I did wrestling for ten years yeah <laughs> it's, it's, like, a, it's a bit de- it's a bit deceiving that actually because on the surface they have no real jiu-jitsu experience but because like, wrestling is so transferable yeah yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, well, you've wrestled since you were five. Yeah, so, so it's, it's just like, like grips and that yeah, sort of Yeah, so just got, they've just stuff. got squeeze strength, which is yeah. like so important, yeah. from what I understand anyway. Well, it ever is, done yeah, it, and like sweeps and stuff as well, they kind of really map over, which is why I was getting swept all yeah. left, right, well, he's, just, he's still grappling, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that guy we're talking about who's um, the rugby player, ah, that's ma- similar. Ah, mate. Yeah, and again, it's similar and it's similar strength. So like a lot of these guys are sort of lost athletes, if you will, who are just now fucking cleaning up in jiu-jitsu. Um, but I'll continue to persist, I think. I'll, st- I'll continue to go. I just don't know where to go now. No, well, like you said, if like you, it's worth keeping it up while you're here just because of the pure experience of it. Like You're, pro- you're not going to have that much exposure to so many good players. Yeah, exactly. Anywhere yeah. else yeah. on the planet. It's like the epicentre of jiu-jitsu, isn't it? Yeah, it is now. I think, and uh, and I would try. There's lo- like you say, there's loads of different good gyms, so I have to just pop around and do. do that might actually ones. not be a bad strategy to do, adopt because you're not here indefinitely. So maybe if you do, just get a flavour for each of the different gyms. Yeah. It might be the b- best way to kind of harvest a little bit of the knowledge. A little bit of knowledge, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the only other thing I've found, and I don't know, it seems to be more here than than anywhere else because I think people train so regularly. The sessions always start with, oh yeah, okay. So we were doing this last, we were doing this last night. So last night, oh, we'll build on that. Get a life. So like, fuck me. What these people are there these, every week, these people every day. Got a fucking airbed in the corner. <laughs> Go home. They pay the fucking rent. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, for two hundred and fifty quid a month, I'd expect fucking accommodation. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were talking about that girl in um, the coffee shop today, and she was saying, was it five years ago? She said oh, ten. 10 years ago, okay. 10 years ago, she was paying $400 for her apartment for a one bed. Now a one bed in Austin is about 
$2,100. It's mental, mate. The kind of... The, the trajectory that Austin has gone on in the past decade, from the sounds of it, not that I'm a fucking expert, yeah. is mental. The cost... So, like, didn't she say inflation had increased by 40% in a year? Six months. What? Yeah. 40%. How does that even happen? I was actually thinking that this. That's like Germany in the 30s. Yeah. When people were walking around with fucking wheelbarrows of cash and it was worth about a loaf of bread. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. The um, I was thinking this. Living here, though, is going to be such good comparison therapy for, like, anywhere else you want to live. So there's probably... I was thinking, where else in the world is going to be this expensive? Probably nowhere. Well, Jim, again, to name drop Jim, who will be coming on the podcast in a few weeks, yep. he's pretty sure that he was able to live for less money in Dubai. Yeah, and Dubai sort of pushed as the kind of... Which is like supposedly like the kind of global capitalist global capital of capitalism and like opulence well exactly it's where people go if they've got loads of money and they can do whatever but like here is it seems to be everything is, is more expensive um so i think when you go home for uh, home is a good example but anywhere like in europe or everything europe's super cheap so i think having yeah. the comparison of coming of being here your money is going to stretch so much further in, in the like UK. Ma- we've already talked about this, but it has made us realise, like, it has made us grateful for things that we took for granted back home and in Europe. Yeah. Like yeah. cheese. Oh. We've got to talk about oh, cheese. Oh, we've got to talk about cheese gate. Cheese gate. Yeah. So, well, we've learnt two things about cheese, really, since we've been here. The first one being you eat a block of cheese a week. I eat a Which lot is of some going, I can get behind that. <laughs> Secondly, I do eat a lot of cheese. well, no, there's three things. Secondly, the Americans don't really do proper cheese. They only do plastic shit cheese. They do plastic shit, shit cheese. If you do find real cheese, it costs an arm and a leg. It's extortion. It's like it's come from the fucking king of the cows, mate. <laughs> um, it was nine ninety nine for a very, very modest block of cheese. Yeah, so they're the equivalent of like Cathedral City back home. Yeah, but like smaller? You, yeah, your standard, like, bog standard, like, cheddar. mature cheddar. Which is what, about three quid? Three, like, four quid a block. Maybe, yeah. Four. Right. In the, in the States, for like half of that amount of cheese, it's 10 quid. I'm going to do my weekly shop in Waitrose when we get back. Yeah, because like, I'll just be used to paying that much that's now. What I'm think- that's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> like, it's so normalised like, now, so yeah. I might as well just carry on. Well, this is it. So Because I think even then it'll be cheaper than here. Yeah. So I think it's it's good. It's a good thing that we're like doing this now. And then if, even if you went to like Sydney, anywhere, Sydney's expensive, but it's not this. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think like, that is a positive. To to having spe- having will- willing have spent like fucking six to eight and like six. French cheese like brie. So like I've spent quite a lot of time in France. Cause my parents, I'm lucky enough to have like a holiday home over there. Never f- again will I take French produce for granted. Yeah, exactly. Because you yeah. can get b- b- brie over there. They basically give it away because it's just so ingrained in the culture. Like it's assumed that everyone has the right to eat cheese. Every Pretty night, much. cheese and wine. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but like here, like a decent breeze, like 13 quid oh, for a fucking little triangle. That's bollocks. It is crazy. If you wanted to eat like the amount of cheese that most people in the UK eat, you'd be spending fucking a fortune, which is what I'm doing. Yeah. Because um, cheese is that good. Yeah. There, there's the fourth point. Cheese is worth the money. Exactly. If you're going to skimp on anything, don't skimp on cheese. Yeah, I'd there rather have no fresh water before I lose cheese. <laughs> yeah. Um, that'll be happening here soon. Um, yeah, so that was... Where we are Where are we in the week? We are... We were at Thursday, Thursday still. Backwards from that. Anything go on? We talked Did about we really do anything early week, did we? 
No, we were kind of just cementing the routine again, I guess, just working and gymming. Well, we try and get as much, kind of, we try and be as productive as we can, like, early in the week, don't we? So then we can kind of, like, slowly unwind towards the end of the week. I know, obviously, yeah, I we, haven't, fair, we yeah. haven't today. But I think yeah. moving forward as well, we're going to try and square the podcast away earlier in the week because the upload speed here isn't it's great. It's terrible. So we'd rather, and obviously, we have more energy earlier in the week as well, so it's more beneficial for you. Yeah, we, we exactly. put put out better content. Yeah, I think that's 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 what we're gonna do. We do need to um, try and solidify the routine a little bit more, I think, because it's turn slightly disjointed, isn't it? To turn the screw. Yeah, I mean, we've we've done a good job, I think, because we've only been here what two weeks. We're in a pretty good routine. It just needs fine tuning. Yeah, I think I just need to get used to the time zones and working with people who obviously are, are in England, because it's so difficult to wake up and be fucking behind. Yeah, it is because you just wake. We spoke about this last week, didn't we? Like you just wake up to like a cacophony of no- various notifications oh, so that like that you're immediately met with. Yeah, and you yeah, and if one of those is negative, which is obviously which yeah. inevitably probably is, then you're like fucking starting the day on the back foot. Especially early in the week when like if you're a coach because you're just basically like dealing with fires that you need to put out aren't from you? the weekend. Correct. Yeah, I mean that's it. I typically will wake up with messages from clients, but here it's amplified so much more because it's like one o'clock by the time I wake well, up. Well, they compound, don't they? Because normally you'd answer them when they come in, when you're on the same time zone. Mm. But obviously, because they've got like six hours worth of messaging time while you're asleep. Yeah, you just it, it just adds up. We're going to Cape Town next, same time. Zone. Yeah, <laughs> Cape Town. That'd be, um, sick. that'd be sick, wouldn't it? We'll It'll still be fucking cheaper. That's what I'm thinking. This is what I mean when I'm saying like it's an advantage because now wherever we travel, I'm like, well, fuck it. Cost short. I'm like day to day like groceries and stuff must be cheap in Cape Town. I I assume that like stuff that we take for granted. So like I reckon Wi-Fi will be an issue. Like data. I think it's quite a hub for digital nomads. That maybe yeah, true. Um, My only frame of reference is a YouTuber who I used to watch who lived there about seven years ago. So it's probably a bit outdated now. Iman, what's his name? Iman, Iman Fagazi. <laughs> He's not Fagazi. There's a guy who's like a prevalent 22-year-old fucking billionaire or whatever. Right. He's on TikTok and he, he was saying, this is a bit ridiculous, but he was saying he finds it absolutely impossible to spend more than 40 grand a year a month in um in Cape Town. Obviously, get on board with that. obviously that's a lot of money, right? But if he's actively trying, you know, most expensive restaurants, most expensive wine, food, whatever, and he can't physically spend more than that mo- that money. Yeah. Surely that means you come down from that and you think, fucking hell, well, you still can live a really good life. Yeah, I can, so that's cool. I can get on board with here, that. fuck me, you could do that. Easy, mate. Uh, right, so, th- so we've covered last week. What are we doing next week? Good question. So to tee people up. It's my interview episode, yeah. which we're going to try and film... Midweek. Like Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. Are so we skydiving next week? To be confirmed. Potentially we're skydiving. We'll probably def- at least go to a gun range. I don't know whether you need to like, book in a bit more advance with skydiving because it'll be weather dependent as well. Oh, that's it? true, yeah. Fucking so we might dry. be seeing off with that. We can always yeah. go to a gun range though. Yeah, so oh, we'll do so one I'm, of those two, if not both. I've got Because I'm a bit of a World War Two nose, if anyone didn't know. Long time <laughs> listeners will know because I will have chewed you off about it. Uh, but I have a fantasy about firing... World War Two weaponry. That'd be amazing. So it? I want to fire like an M1 carbine. It's got to be somewhere. Tommy gun, mate. They've got they look because not the one thing I can get on board with America is because they fucking knocked the war out the park. They love talking about it. 
Yeah. So they, they, they get they get hard for like all that shit. Memorabilia. So there's got to be like a fucking I, I a gun range that has like vintage weaponry. I just don't know whether they'd be workable. Of course they might. They're still serviceable fucking Tommy gun. That'd you be should sick. know, mate. If you keep a gun in good order, surely it'll just work indefinitely. I guess so. Yeah. I can't see why not. Just whether you could source whether the ammo's the same. I'm not sure, but it probably is. I think uh, that'd be awesome. Have we covered Band of Brothers? No, we haven't. Yeah, so we've we spoken about this when we did our top five war films, though we have already. Oh yeah, we Sorry. have already bigged up Band of Brothers, but you hadn't seen it. I, think I that was all see, coming from me. It. Yeah, exactly. So Eddie's now introduced me to Band of Brothers. I, you, most of you will have seen it. It's quite old now. Um, but we're doing, we're trying to do an episode of nine, and it's ten episodes. We're almost there. We're hard. Are you invested? I am very invested. It yeah. is so good, isn't it? It's like the 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 storyline and the characters are so kind of well well constructed that like it's very very good. It's very emotive, isn't it? You do get very invested in the characters. Yeah, you do. And the um, you know, kind of, I guess it's like special effects. This, but it's not really. But like, well, this is yes, yeah, so it's not special effects. Most of the stuff on screen that you see happened. That's mad. It? So it's like so. I think they spent a lot on actually kind of like doing everything authentically. They're doing it authentically, which why it hasn't dated so badly. I think. Yeah, that's true. Because like I say, it's old now, but it still looks really, really good. The because the thing is, I really like as, as as we spoke about on that episode, um, Lone Survivor, all those kind of more modern war films where they can really dig out on the effects and make it look quite realistic. This is basically like ten of them back to back. It's mad, isn't Constructing it? a story, it's fucking yeah. sick. It's, it's, it's deceiving when it's when you say mini-series, because it's like, it does it a disservice almost, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess so. It's I mean, like it an epic like series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, true. But, but Yeah, actually, to be fair, just to just so everyone's aware, if you don't know what Band of Brothers is, it basically follows the story of Easy Company in the 101st Airborne Division uh, of the US Army. It basically fo- covers their story from training in like 1941-42 all the way through to the end of the war yeah which is kind of really it's really cool to to see and you've it's a, it's seen a, it's it about true, 20 times yeah it's a true story as well we should say yeah, it's not fictional true. it's based on a book written about the actual soldiers of Easy Company yeah and so they start it with each, like each episode starts with an interview with the actual members of Easy Company yeah like which makes real it really one. powerful because obviously it was it's about 25 years old now so they filmed it at just the right time because most of the veterans were still alive yeah um, so if you haven't watched it it's on is it on British Netflix it's not I don't Ooh. know how you'd get it in Britain to be honest oh, I've got it on DVD obviously because I'm a Norse yeah you are <laughs> you will um, be able you'll to, be able to find it you'll be able to get it on DVD but if you're in America it's on the American Netflix so there you go and we've got to cover that actually American Netflix is shit outside of uh, outside of Band of Brothers there's fuck all on it yeah, I mean, you don't it's even. Shit. Yeah, you don't even need to go any more detail on that. Just take our word for it. There's nothing on it. Yeah, I w- I had this idea that everything was on ne- American Netflix. Again. Even fucking Friends isn't on it, mate. Again, which is mad. Again, it's all marketing. Yeah, it's true. No substance behind it, mate. It's true. It's very true. The home of Hollywood can't even fucking square away their square biggest away fucking Netflix bollocks. That um, streaming service. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was Ooh. this week tell you what else we do next week well so we've obviously got potentially skydiving and most likely a gun range nba oh uh, yeah yeah first american basketball game. game first american sports game yes Full so stop. we're gonna go and watch the san antonio spurs no idea who they're playing no idea who they don't are. even know who the fucking san antonio spurs are to be honest i just I, know it's gonna be nba and it's gonna be cool yeah 
yeah so i'm gonna get the full fucking experience going we're driving like 80 miles to go and see it it's gonna be because it's, it's out of austin austin don't have a fucking sports team which is jarring <laughs> yeah. but um so we're gonna go watch that i'm gonna fucking fully indulge in the full the full thing mate it's got a lot i've seen a lot of live basketball in the uk because me and my dad always used to go and watch the British Basketball League Cup final at the NIA every year. Yeah. And that was good. So this is going to be like that on steroids. Yeah, because it's an American sport. Yeah. It's going to be good. And they do everything great. bigger and better. Yeah. And Especially I can, sports. I can't get on board with basketball. It is a good game. Both to it play, is a very good game. Both to play and spectate. Yeah. Because it's so end-to-end. I agree with that. It's, it's there's really always high energy. Because there's, sh- there's a shot clock. So as soon as one team starts attacking, they have 25 seconds to get a shot off. Otherwise, yeah. it times out. So ne- it keeps you really engaged. So you're never more than like 30 seconds away from like a point being scored, basically. That's awesome. And um, yeah, obviously I'm a massive fan of High School Musical, so uh, <laughs> it'll be. <laughs> I like the way that that's where you're coming at it from. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that'd be really cool. The anything else happened this week? Not really. I feel like Theo Von. What else what? is happening, man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not much, really. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was our weekly roundup. We'll move into our final segment. Yes, underrated, underrated, overrated. It's either underrated. You've charmed me. Or it's overrated. Well, that was fucking dreadful. Can you remember yours? I can, just about. My underrated, overrated for this week, and we've covered it slightly. But I, mean, I want to go into more detail, is American supermarkets. Because again, PR, they're pushed as, like, and, and people always report it as being like, oh, the fucking tapestry of variety and fucking whatever. But I think they're pretty shit. They are. With one notable exception of Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is good, but it's no better than like an average British supermarket. That's true. Yeah, it uh, just so stands out like a beacon of hope here because all the others are so shit. Well, that's it. So we've been to now Trader Joe's, Target, Whole Foods, fucking Walmart, all the all basically all of them, pretty much, and um, they're all very expensive, which yeah. is a red flag. All of them, apart from Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, to be fair, are like full of just terrible food, basically. Yeah, so bad. Like horrendous food, and so oh. the quality of scran you get is terrible. The meats we've been getting last about 40 years. Which is disconcerting because fresh meat really should last about a week. Before Same as my milk. The milk, mate, lasts a month. Yeah. That's madness. There's something going on there because if you actually look at the ingredients, it doesn't specify that they're adding anything to it, but they have to. So, yeah, the, you know, the FDA. So, obviously, we talk about um, with coaching and stuff, fucking calorie counting or whatever. And you do that on my fitness pal and obviously scan barcodes and stuff. So the FDA can feasibly be it's legal to be twenty percent out on calories. Yeah, so the FDA is the Food and Drug Agency. I guess so. Is that what it stands for? It's basically right. the authority that's in charge of like regulating food and drugs in the United States. But it's fair to say they're pretty lax. They're shit, mate. Yeah. So th- hence why the quality of food is so poor, really, because you yeah. can, within reason, obviously within reason, you can't put fucking anthrax in your food, but. Whereas we've got pretty good food standards and like the general level of farming in the UK is good, which again, we take for granted. In the US, you can basically pump whatever you want into your food within reason to make it more addictive. Yeah, and if you don't want that, the thing is, if like you know, if you want to go outside the norm and uh, yeah. 
get something that's like not full of shit. You have to pay a premium for it. So I was again. So like the tuna um, is like they the only options have tuna in fucking Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is quite expensive to be fair, as a, on the whole. Um, one tin is like two pound fifty. <laughs> I was like, I can't That's get on fucking mental. That. I mean, we mentioned last week it's basically the same price to eat out as it is to cook food fresh, which makes no sense. Where's the incentive there for the US population to be healthy? Well, yeah, you can just go to <laughs> fucking. So, like, you could go to Chipotle almost every day for every meal and pretty much break even. But in and out, yeah. So in yeah, and out, yeah. and in and out, a a double cheese, no, a double double burger. So like. A double double cheeseburger, yeah, and chips and a drink in an out burger was costs six. nine dollars. Oh, was it nine with his chips and drink? Yeah, yeah okay, nine dollars. Yeah, so that, and again, like, so for full reference, a um, pound, so four hundred eighty grams of, of ground beef was eight dollars. Yeah, <laughs> what? So what's happening? So I think there's something in the whole conspiracy thing that, that obviously there's no healthcare. So if yeah. we make our oh, fucking yeah. populations really, really, really unhealthy and pump them full of full of shit all their lives, they're probably going to get cancer. They're then going to have to give us fucking millions of pounds in health care bills. So I think there's genuinely something in that. I like this conspiracy, mate. No, it is, but it's, it is. I think it's it gen. There's something fishy going on, isn't there? Because uh, like we said, how can the, great, the biggest economy in the world and supposedly the greatest nation on earth basically not really have a civil society? That's yeah. deliberate, isn't it? Yeah. At, at some point, it will have crossed a lawmaker's mind in Congress. To make or, that Or the a, Senate. Be like, should probably square people away a bit better here. Yeah. And then but, someone, uh, someone's, someone's gone on every shoulder. Yeah, someone in the shadows who works for a, a lobbying group will have gone, yeah, you probably don't want to do that, mate. Yeah. A Dominic Cummings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A winkle picker. That's it. And he's going, yeah, I don't want to do I've, I've run the numbers, mate. I've run the numbers. And better, off, better off killing yeah, people. Yeah, you will be financially better off if you shut your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, a point of difference in the... This is really random. But I, I Googled... Um, I, I, out of interest, I Googled the top 1% earners in the US and the UK and compa- compared them. In the US, it was £873,000 a year for the top 1%. In the UK... I was trying to compare. It was one hundred seventy-three thousand, which is seven hundred thousand pound gap, which is fucking bizarre, isn't it? Well, we've sp- we spoke about this this morning in the car. I made the point of that's all well and good, but society only moves as fast as the slowest person. Yeah. So you can have the majority of the world's millionaires and billionaires, but if you can't even square away the homelessness issue, what is the fucking point? Well, this links back to what our mate in and out burger was saying yesterday, like. We don't really look at anyone else. As long as I'm earning a, but, mil, a mil a year, they're yeah, fucking sweet. That's like driving a Nissan Micra and putting a fake exhaust and a spoiler on it. You're still driving a Nissan Micra, mate. I mean, it looks fancy. Yeah. You're not going to get anywhere in it. True. But it, it's just, it further drives home the massive disparity. And the fact that actually, you can, obviously, on 170 grand a year in the UK, you can live a fucking insane life. Like, that would be, that's pretty much... That's it, isn't it? You don't, yeah. need, you don't need any more than that. It, on 175 grand here, you could probably live a normal, normal life. basically be middle class. So I asked this bird I was, I was on a date with, I asked her, what's the, like, left of arc, so the minimum um, amount of money you'd have to earn per year to live a comfortable life in Austin? Not an opulent life, comfortable life in Austin. And she just nonchalantly said six figures. 
And like, you can't just throw six figures out like it's fucking nothing, mate. That's like eight thousand pound a month. Um, yeah. What What alarmed me from when you told me the story originally was the lack of pause. Oh yeah, it was just it straight. It was just in. like it was a pre-prepared answer that she knew. Yeah, six figs. She said, six figs. That's mate. mental. Again, it's just this American delusion. Yeah, and uh, she, um, she was on about, and that's why they all have these, and it, again, it's this fucking like whole narrative, isn't it? Like, okay, you're gonna go to uni, you're gonna pay a fucking shitload of money for education, then you're gonna be in a in a hole because you have a massive bill to pay every month to pay me back for my fucking education that I've given you. That's going to land you a really good job, uh, you know, a hundred grand a year. But actually, we're going to take a thousand pound of that every every month for fucking repay- yeah. repayments. And and also, we're going to make you pay fucking like four grand a month for your rent. It's like, what the hell yeah, is so it's going like on? on? The, so we're going to dangle the carrot of like a, like a, big, a, massive salary. a big salary, but then if you unpack the numbers... And you to get there, you've got to actually give us 200k or whatever. Yeah, so you're giving us 200k you're then indebted to the system, so you're locked into this corporate nine-to-five job, basically don't have any time off, your cost of living's loads, so we've dangled this carrot of like a massive salary, but you're not actually seeing any of it, and you're basically just a slave to the system. Yeah, and your pensions, pension age is going to be like 70, you get a week off a year, it's like, this is insane. Mental, so in terms it? of like, I get, and again, I made this point a couple of times with the lads, like, if you're here and you're self-employed and you're getting paid a fucking shit ton of money, you can probably live an awesome life. If you're employed here and you're getting paid anything less than like 80k, which is mental, you're probably fucking on the breadline. Yeah, you've got a you've got a worse quality, a much worse quality of life than your, half your, that than your fucking uh, like com- like your counterpart. your equivalent or counterpart in the UK. Yeah, yeah, but, but that's not not even earning the same, earning half. No, yeah, earning half is <laughs> mental. Any, but anyway, anyway, my underrated, overrated leads us nicely on from this conversation Go and it goes back to what we were talking about with our mate and the welfare state the NHS yeah well I think we all know it's obviously underrated Brits take the NHS completely entirely for granted and I've been like acutely aware of this for a while but it's been become more pronounced since we've been in the US where every billboard is basically an injury lawyer for you advert or a variant yeah. of and again this comes back to our conspiracy idea that like yeah. The because there is no healthcare, um, when you get, you know, when you get into a car crash or whatever, you've got to fucking fund that yourself. So, so the, it's these people be, now have. Yeah. So if 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 you become injured or ill in the United States because because the the state aren't happy to square you away for free, someone's got to be for bl- to blame so you can sue them and then pay for your medical bills. Yeah. Exactly. So it, just cre- it, it just, just creates, creates a, a big a echo, echo chamber and ecosystem. Just, it just creates a big blame culture because yeah. now someone's always got to be at fault, which again isn't a very nice place to be, is it? Where like no. you live in fear of fucking accidentally injuring someone because then you'll just get sued the shit out of. Well, this is it again. Like, imagine how many people are in that situation and, and how many people kind of live in fear of becoming ill or having a catastrophic accident, or whatever, because they're on, you know, on. <laughs> The living wage, but what our, what our mate was saying about the NHS was wild. So we're always explaining the concept of a national health system to him, and the idea that like, if you sacrifice a bit of your tax money, it all goes into a big pot, and then we all have accessible free healthcare. That blew his fucking mind, mate. I might as well have been a Martian from Mars and come down and put a probe on his face and told him about fucking alien shit. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous in his his reaction to that, and actually. <laughs> He was like, wait, so what? He was like literally fucking scratching his head at this point. He was like, wait, so 
if you're like homeless and you're ill, you can just like go into a hospital and they'll look after you. And we're like, yeah. And he and he's like, whoa. whoa. You know that meme where it's that bloke whoa, whose dude. hair's like all standing up and he's like, whoa. Yeah, it's it like was that. like we just you know cured cancer or something. Um, uh, it's just it was mad. So you know I got this wrong actually when I told you the other day I inflated the numbers a little bit, but um, I found out from our mates the other day. Guess, we've got a lot of mates haven't yeah. we <laughs> guess how we, we're very sociable people um, guess how much and you can do this today guess how much it is if you want to bell up an ambulance here to get them to take you to your local fucking gaff I'll, I'll leave it like 10 seconds to hang there see how, how much you think it is obviously it's free in the UK you know, response well, it, times aren't great it's not right? free but it's free to us well yeah, our of course, ta- yeah because our tax pays for it right so if you you know, whatever happens, maybe you get, so let's just paint the picture. You get beaten up in an alleyway yeah. in fucking Austin, Texas, right? By Joe Rogan. By Rogan. Joe Rogan's filled you in in an alleyway and you're waiting for an ambulance. How yeah. much is it going to cost you? It's going to cost you 3,000 US dollars <laughs> just for that trip to the that, Just the to fucking, you haven't even seen a healthcare profession at this point. You've just, just got to call you, out the you've fucking, got a, there's a call out thing. You've just got to lift there. Yeah, basically. This you've girl, got an Uber with flashing lights. That's it, this girl's saying, unless I'm dying, get me an Uber. Because it's fucking like three grand cheaper. Imagine paying three thousand pounds for a fucking for an Uber for an um, ambulance. So yeah, so well to link it back to underrated, overrated. I think as a nation we should be much more appreciative of the NHS. Yeah, and, and as a government we should I've, fucking prioritise. And it. COVID went a bit of a way to doing this, but we've forgotten about it again now. Remember it's all that? Always the way. Remember all that bollocks clapping. Oh, I never, I couldn't get on board with. Not because I don't buy into the NHS, but because I knew it was just a fucking token gesture. Exactly. Yeah, it's a virtue signal. The the problem is, whenever something isn't a prevalent issue, is and it isn't causing a problem right now, humans can't di- humans can't appreciate it. Yeah. Can't. It's like it's like the health. Bro- he- broadly, health, in terms in terms of yeah. like health and fitness, health, you know, climate change. Yeah. You until name it's it. a fucking issue now. Until you get a heart fucking heart disease or whatever it is you're not going to take action on it which is stupid we all know and we get taught from a fucking early age prevention is better than cure so let's fucking act it yeah but um, let's appreciate the NHS more as well I don't know how we go well let's not fucking privatise it that's a good start isn't not it not privatise it and, uh, and, and stop people fucking calling you know like calling ambulances when they don't need them or calling whatever yeah when they don't need them. And, and if, if like some of the young listeners aren't aware of what privatisation is. You know all that shit that we've just been spinning about how shit the US medical system is. Yeah, that's what privatisation is. Yeah, that's privatisation. Basically <laughs> means if you're rich, you can be seen. If yeah. you're not, you can't. Yeah. And funnily enough, it's the rich people that peddle this narrative yeah. because it, yeah. it benefits them because they make a load of money from it uh, and then they don't have to help the poor people. The thing is, we still have private healthcare. If you have the money, you can go yeah, private. That's what I mean. So just, just fuck it. Is there the choice architecture is there? This is what this is what I can't I fucking hate. Like certain elements of the Conservative Party try and peddle privatisation. If you're that keen on it, mate, sign up for fucking Booper. Yeah, and uh, fuck off. Exactly, and just shut the fuck up and let everyone else have the free. Because also, what that does actually is it takes you out of the fold for the NHS, so they don't have to worry about you now. And now you can get yeah. done by by a private and private healthcare. It's not extortionate in the UK. It's kind of it's, it's expensive, so if you have the money, you may as well do it. And again, that removes you from the pool of of ne- being needed to be like doted on by the NHS. But let's be honest: certain politicians want to free that mo- the money that goes into the NHS up, so they can then siphon it off to themselves and their mates. That's yeah. what it is. It's complete self-interest. Of course, it is. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So yeah, we're uh, 
covered everything today. We have covered everything. It's been, been, it's a, good been like a Joe Rogan experience episode, hasn't it? It's yeah. like very meandering. Let us, um, yeah, let us know your thoughts on this style of episode where we just sit down and gob off. Because um, well, well, these are very... We haven't finished yet. I know. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, prefacing it because some people might not make it through the next bit. But yeah, true. <laughs> We're at least going to lose 10%. Yeah, yeah. True. Um, it's good to get some admin in as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Let us know what you think of these episodes. We're very close to 1,000 subs on um, YouTube, so fucking hit that, be- hit that button, people. Yeah, and we will get some more clips out this week. Well, and moving forward, we've just been, obviously, because we've been yeah, settling yeah, into Austin, it's not happened. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll actually clip up the previous two episodes and, and do bits of that as well. Yes. So, final segment. Reasons to be cheerful. <laughs> Do you want to do it? Or actually, I forgot what it is, so you have to introduce it. Uh, Can you remember what it is? I mean, I've written it down. It's a yeah. good job I've written it down. Yeah, because I think we've both up. forgotten it. That's good. <laughs> I think we've both forgotten it. That's your way of saying Oh, here we go. This is good. This is actually a good reason to be cheerful, and it involves you, the listener. Uh, me and Shep have oh, yeah. come up with the idea of when we're back in the UK, or at some point, probably moving into spring when the weather's a bit better, yeah. of putting on a bit of a run club, a bit of a meet-up for... Listeners of the podcast, our followers, mm-hmm. people that follow our content, anyone that's interested in running, you, do, you don't even have to like us. If you just want to fancy <laughs> run, then come along. Yeah. So th- this will probably be likely Birmingham, um, and we'll just we'll bimble around. So we'll probably do a five k or whatever, and then like go go for coffee and all that kind of stuff. So um, again, that'll be probably springtime. Weather's better, yeah. And obviously Birmingham, not just because we live near there, but it's a good transport hub obviously in the middle of the country in the yeah. midlands yeah. it's easy for people to get to it's fair mm-hmm. so it's equidistant from most places isn't it yeah exactly so um that'll be again it'll be like super low uh barrier to entry effectively it'll be you know accessible for everyone it'll just be a mega chilled like 5k or something it won't be like a mental ultra yeah, because it's, it's more about it's the actual, it's good more about the actual kind of like community meeting you guys and everyone getting together than it is the actual run. That's yeah, just, and everyone that's else just, meeting each other and networking. Yeah, that's just a vehicle for this to happen, basically. Exactly that. Yeah. So, and also while we're doing announcements, um, <laughs> so I've been thinking, um, we've been thinking this year, I guess, about doing something that is, I guess, not against the grain, but different, I guess. So, what we're gonna do. Again, linking back to the Run Club. The Run Club will be free, by the way. He's going to put on a free event, I think. Yeah, I'm up for that. Um, so, obviously, we've done, done the seminars in the past, and that's educational stuff, um, p- primarily for mil- military prep. Um, I do want to do a free one. I don't know what form that's going to take yet or what's really going to be involved. There'll obviously, be some sort of workout. Um, there'll be some sort of educational pieces or whatever. If you've got any suggestions or any fucking requests or whatever that we we could, you can think of us doing and again this will be free free event for people to, free. to come to yeah and it'll be valuable value based value based and accessible again so don't say let's do fucking fan dance blindfolded or something yeah like we want it to be something that everyone can get together and it, like it's low barrier to entry basically exactly so we want to bring people together have a, a fucking decent event and again it'll be free so uh, your only cost will be transport um and likely be in the midlands so just give again give us some um some messages or whatever if you if you want to put any suggestions forward yeah job done but well, i think that's about it isn't it as i said next week we will actually interview me yeah 
Eddie's going to be a guest on his own podcast at Mad That's Lab. good. A, a year after we started it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so we'll do that next week. And the week after, we'll have a, another guest on. So, fantastic. But, yeah. That's it. That's us. Good boy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>